Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 11 of Revelation chapter 22. We're going to be reading verse 8, Revelation 22, verse 8. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. And I'll stop reading there. Again, uh, as we know, God is moving John. He is giving John divine revelation. And John is the man from the very beginning in the book of Revelation in chapter 1 when he was on the island of Patmos that God has been um, revealing these things to. And now John uh, is being moved to say by the Holy Spirit, I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, and this would apply to all the things he's seen, all the things he's heard, especially to the things that we're reading here in Revelation 22, Revelation 21, a new heaven, a new earth, the first heaven and first earth are passed away, and the holy city Jerusalem, the vision of the water of life flowing forth from the throne, the tree of life, and God seated upon his throne. Uh, All these glorious things, John uh, is saying that he saw and he heard. And this is a similar statement that the Apostle John makes in another of the epistles that God moved him to write as as um, we know, First uh, John, Second John, and Third John, the epistles of John, are all written by the apostle, and 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 so God moved him uh, by the Holy Spirit to uh, write those books as well as the Book of Revelation, and it says in First John, chapter one, beginning in verse one, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. And we we can see the similarity that uh, John is emphasizing. We have heard, we have seen with our eyes, and... And these are the things we're writing. 
And likewise, in Revelation 22, verse 8, I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. He is a witness giving testimony. He is simply relaying the things that he has heard and seen and then writing them down. And, you know, this has been God's uh, way of giving us the Bible. As God moved prophets of old to write down the things they heard, the things they seen. When God broke the barrier of the supernatural, as he did do when compiling the Bible, and he showed Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and Hosea and, and all the Old Testament prophets. He showed them either through a vision or he spoke to them and they heard the word of God and then he moved them to record the things that they had heard. And that's the way the Bible was formed, the way God uh, authored the Word of God, the Bible. They are all witnesses. That's why Hebrews 11, when it speaks of the men of faith, that it, it's a cloud of witnesses. We read in Hebrews 12. All the Bible is written by various witnesses of the things they heard and the things they seen, and they recorded with ink and paper. They wrote them down. And and so we have the the whole book um, before us today, the Bible. And, you know, sometimes you hear people that wonder, why didn't God wait? Why did he um, give his word as he did from the time of Moses and uh, and, and then some 15 centuries or so later in the first century A.D. complete it with the Apostle John in, in, on the island of Patmos. Why did God not wait for uh, advances in technology as we have today? Can you imagine if God uh, came at a time like ours when there is video and audio and and technology, uh, instant communication. Uh, he could have spoken. He could have shown miracles. Christ could have video recorded, or it could have been video recorded, his multiplying the loaves and the few fishes. Or can you imagine uh, the audience, if Jesus were to heal a leper, to cleanse him of his leprosy, right before the eyes of everyone because they could all watch it and they could all hear the voice of Christ as he spoke uh, the Beatitudes or as he uh, as he spoke uh, a parable. Everybody could hear it and everybody could be convinced. Everybody would see with their eyes and hear with their ears and they would believe God then. And no, no, God, in in His wisdom, determined that His program of salvation, His gospel program, is all by faith. It's all by faith, and faith is 
the evidence of things not seen, or or the substance of things not seen. The I better go to Hebrews 11. I can't. I got a little twisted. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what God determined. That it'll all be by faith and not by sight. It is a, a spiritual um, a gospel. It the the Word of God, the Bible is a spiritual book. God is spirit. He's a spiritual God, and you can't see a spirit in this world. Uh, therefore, uh, it is it is all invisible, unseen things, and yet He did appear into the world, and he did show himself, but in order to maintain the emphasis on the spiritual, the emphasis on unseen things, God had his holy men write them down. And and you can read about it, we can hear true testimony, we can know the things Jesus said and did, and yet we're not seeing him with our eyes or hearing him with our ears. It, it is all by faith. Remember what the Lord Jesus said to Thomas in John chapter 20, beginning in verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And that's uh, speaking of Christ make an appearance after his resurrection. In verse 25, The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. You see, the other disciples saw the Lord, Thomas wasn't there. They told Thomas. They gave testimony. They witnessed to him. They said, we have seen the Lord. And Thomas said, I'm not going to believe. I don't believe it. Because I didn't see him. I didn't hear him. I didn't feel him. I need to thrust my hand into his side. Then I'll believe. And and, and so it goes on to say, and Thomas we can see really is speaking for a great many people. He's speaking for the natural man. He's speaking for the unsaved individual. Even though Thomas very likely was saved himself, yet God allowed this to happen in order to set up this situation so the Lord can teach us a very important thing, and that is that there are two realms There's the realm of the physical and the realm of the spiritual. The physical you can see, the spiritual you cannot see. And and God operates in the spiritual. He is himself invisible, being spirit. His kingdom is invisible. It's a spiritual kingdom of heaven. And yet God requires faith. He requires belief of invisible things of the natural man or of the man that is living in the natural realm, the physical realm, God requires they 
believe, have faith, which, of course, occurs once the faith of Christ saves them, but, but that's another matter. God requires they see spiritual things or things that are not seen with eyes of faith. It goes on to say, after Thomas says, unless he sees and, and feels, I will not believe, in verse 26, and after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. So this is eight days later, and as far as we know, the disciples, of course, would have been continually talking about seeing the resurrected Lord, and Thomas would have been shaking his head, oh no, and maybe rolling his eyes, I won't believe, I won't believe. Well then, Christ does appear again eight days later, and in verse 27, Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Faithless is to not believe in unseen things. To lack faith is to not believe in things you cannot see. Uh, people do not believe in God. Why? They cannot see him. People do not believe in heaven because they cannot see it. People do not believe the things the Bible says because it speaks of unseen things. I don't believe it. So, it is a faithless generation. That That's the nature of fallen man is to be faithless. Some profess faith, but in heart they're faithless because they're dead in their sins. And a spiritually dead individual is a faithless individual. And this is the nature of man. He is faithless. And and it goes on to say in verse 28, And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And then in verse 29, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas believed because of physical sight, physical hearing, and, and he could have touched the Lord, physical feeling, and, and yet Christ appeared, but only to make this, uh, this point to, to all the readers of the Bible, to all mankind. The point is that it is by faith, by design. God gave his word at a time when there was no technology. God, of course, is the one in control of technology. He could have opened up man's ability uh, centuries ago to, to the things we know now, but he restrained it. He kept it under wraps until the proper time. God wanted to use the written word. He wanted to use ink on 
paper so that it would remain by faith, that man would have to trust and believe in things he could not see. No video recordings of Christ, and and that would go contrary to the law of God anyway, that there should not be an image made of him. No audio recordings of his voice. No pictures of his miracles. Nothing seen, not in that way. But here's an account of the things that he did. And now God has written to us, and we receive testimony from men who have seen and heard themselves, and they have written of the things they saw and heard. And and now it's delivered to us. And of course, uh, God grants faith to his people. He, he grants understanding to his people who see by the eyes of faith these things. And, and it's the nature of the child of God. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 4. And it says, beginning in verse 17 of Second Corinthians 4, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God has his people to look at unseen things. It It's what um, Moses looked at as we, we read in Hebrews 11. In verse 27, by faith, what is faith? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. This is the record of the people of God. By faith, by faith, by faith. They didn't see as yet. Noah built the ark when he was warned by God of the flood. He moved with fear, even though he had not seen the floodwaters as yet. And and that's how God's people operate in response to the word of God. Now, sight, spiritual sight, is explained uh, really in uh, a major way in uh, in Matthew 13. In the parable, um, well, there's many parables here, but as, as the disciples asked Jesus why he speaks unto them in parables, uh, as part of that explanation, it says in verse 13, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Now let's think about this um, slowly. They seeing, who is he referring to? To unsaved people. And unsaved people, the majority of them, the vast majority of unsaved people, 
have physical sight. So, they seeing is referring to their physical sight. And also, it refers to their ability to perceive and to understand physical things. They exist, they live, they see, they perceive the physical realm, natural things. Therefore, they, the unsaved people of the world, seeing, they do see, in one realm. They seeing, see not. Now, where is it that they see not? In the spiritual realm. They do not see God. They do not see his kingdom. They do not see the, the truths of the Bible. But, but notice here how God explains that they do not see. As he goes on to say, in hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Spiritual sight involves understanding. And lack of spiritual sight involves lack of understanding. It's a, a, a parallel account. It's repeated in Luke chapter 8 in verse 10. And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That is to the elect people, those that God has saved. But to others, those that God has not saved, in parables, that seeing, they might not see. Again, they see in one area, the physical, but not in the other, the spiritual. Seeing, they might not see, and hearing, they might not understand. And the child of God, the elect child of God, sees through understanding. The non-elect, the unsaved person, does not see. He is blind, the Bible says. He is in darkness through a lack of understanding. My people, God says in Jeremiah 8, verse 7, know not the judgment of the Lord. They don't see it. They're blind in that area because spiritual judgment and those in the churches fail to perceive it, they see not. Although they see in the physical realm, they can see the the Bible, the physical Bible, yet the things the Bible says are spiritual, they perceive them not. They cannot see. And, and this is why God said, a wise man's heart discerneth time and judgment. That is, to discern, you understand, you see. In Daniel 12, when when God spoke of the opening up of the scriptures at the time of the end, he said in verse 10, The wise will understand, but none of the wicked will understand. That is, the wise will see, none of the wicked will see. They cannot. It's an impossibility because they're limited by God to one realm of existence. They are dead in the other. They have not been born again. When uh, Christ spoke to Nicodemus concerning being born again, 
uh, he said in John 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And, and that is what salvation does, translating a man out of darkness and into the light is another way of saying, or we could say it another way, that God gives eyes to see, ears to hear, life. They're born again into the spiritual realm. Now, you know, you'll find atheists and and people who despise the things of God. They despise the Bible. Oh, they can't stand to hear about it. And they put down the believer and they say, oh, you, you really need enlightenment. You, you need to, uh, think for yourself and, and to realize that there is no evidence at all for God that he doesn't exist. And really what they're testifying to is their limitations that God has placed upon them. God has not opened their eyes. He has not translated them from just uh, existing in one realm, the physical, to existing in both realms. And this is the advantage, the blessing, that God has done for those that he has saved. They also the child of God, exist in the physical realm while living in this world, and they can see physically, they can perceive physical things with their senses like all the other people, but now, additionally, God has brought them into the spiritual. They have heavenly citizenship, and and that now they can see and hear, and they have spiritual life, They can see God by faith. They can see the truth of the word of God through eyes of faith that God has granted them. They have access into the spiritual realm. And the unbeliever, the unsaved person, does not have access. God has not granted that to him. And so the child of God has spoken of spiritual things to the other any other dismisses them and and despises them uh, and, and the reason is lack of access the the limitation has been placed by god on them they can only perceive within the boundaries god has set and the boundaries that came upon them when or due to the fall of man into sin when man was cut off from spiritual connection to God, and as the lights of a city would go dark, man's spiritual nature went dark, and he no longer could perceive accurately God or the things of God. He no longer had life in the spiritual realm. He was dead. And 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 so God in salvation... In the day of salvation, when God was saving, brought people to life. They were born again, and an entrance was granted into the spiritual, and now uh, they could see and hear and understand the things of God that they could not previously understand. 
and this is how it is today, except now, now it's established. Those that are granted that spiritual access, uh, it, they'll remain. No one else will be granted spiritual access. No one else will be granted understanding of the things of God uh, that is in an unsaved condition. Everyone's condition spiritually has been fixed by God. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.